everyone, and welcome back to the 16mm Film Crew Podcast. I'm Cindy. And I'm Dale. You can watch us on YouTube. You can like and comment on our YouTube videos and subscribe to our YouTube channel. You can listen to us on iTunes, Google Music, and Spotify at 16mm Film Crew Podcast. You can follow us on Twitter at 16mm Crew Podcast and on Instagram at 16mm Crew. Mm-hmm. So there's so much get into this week so let's just jump right into it we watched monster um which came out on netflix it is directed by the first time director anthony mandler it is about steve Harmon, and he is a 17 year old honor student whose world comes crashing down when he's charged with a felony murder he soon faces a complex legal battle that could leave him spending the rest of his life in prison it stars Kelvin Harrison Jr., Jennifer Hudson, ASAP Rocky, John David Washington, Nas for some reason, and Jeffrey Wright, as well as Jarrell Jerome. He's also in this. Yeah. So, Joe, what were your thoughts on this movie? <sighs> one, okay, so to clear up the air, one, this movie isn't a recent movie, actually. It premiered at Sundance, I think, in 2018, if I remember correctly, yeah. and then Netflix acquired distribution rights. But... Yeah, this movie is. I don't know. It's. I don't like movies with this topic. I really don't. So like the first like fifteen minutes, I had already like zoned out, and I like didn't want to continue the movie because tired of seeing this depiction of a black man like getting in trouble, <laughs> going to jail or whatever, and so I'd like cut it off, and then. I decided later on the way to go back to it and finish the movie. Um, I want to say it's an interesting movie. Um, that's all I can say for for right now, as brief as, as brief as possible. But yeah, it was this big movie. <laughs> yeah. What? Yeah, it was an interesting movie. Okay. Um. Yeah, this movie wasn't great. Like, let's just start off saying that this movie wasn't great. Um, I think that's. A, okay statement to make that's not starting to pot too much um i didn't think this movie was gonna be good to be honest mainly because it did come out in 2018 and we're just not seeing it mm-hmm. so my assumption is that when that happens that means no one really wanted to show this movie <laughs> and also i thought this movie was another movie with kelvison with Kelvin Harrison um, and John David called Monsters and Men, but that's a completely separate film than this film, mm-hmm. even though they're both, and it's both kind of about police. Well, that one thing is about police brutality, and this one is just about like a kid who gets arrested and the and the justice system. I'm, yeah, yeah it's, this is more about the justice system and the perception of black men in general. Similar to yeah. me, so I thought it was the same movie, but it's not the same movie. But anyway, um. I'll say one thing, though. Calvin really uplifted this entire film. If he wasn't in it, it would not be good. Yeah. It would be actual garbage, like if he was not in the movie. So he did the movie a solid. He was a really good, you know, leading man in this. Um, I think overall the performances weren't terrible. You had a really great cast here. Like, the cast is stacked with, like, really great actors. But um, this, the direction by the he's a first time director he just he also did like commercials and music videos and i was like yeah why does this movie look like a two like an early 2000s music video i didn't really know why until i found that out later um and then yeah the script was not 
good. It wasn't good. Um, it's a very like by the numbers, like you know exactly what's gonna happen throughout the film, which makes their ha- like which makes them have no stakes. So mm. it's not like you're concerned about anyone in particular. You're just watching it, and then you're gonna know that everything's gonna be fine. Like it's so weird <laughs> in the way, in its basicness. It's just such a waste. Like it just seems like a very wasteful, like throwaway. Like why did we need this film? Yeah, like we didn't really need to see it. It didn't really need to get me. Uh, yeah, I don't. I don't think so. I can see there are a lot of shots that I saw that were uh, shots that I ex. Now that I know his background is music video, there are certain shots and the stylized how they were stylized that I understand him coming from that world. That being his background, like there was one shot and um. The focus is a really sh- shallow uh, depth of field. Like he's fully in focus, and his background isn't. That's you know depth of field for people who don't know. And the background and trees were like curved, kind of in a fisheye way almost. So those kind of cinematic touch, like those kind of artistic touches that you wouldn't traditionally see in a movie that you'd kind of see in a music video, I saw. Um, especially the real artistic choice of illustrating how justice system is not really shades of gray it's viewed black and white by making the courtroom black and white period i thought that was the that was the uh, probably i think my best reaction i was like oh that's like he he visually you know explained how the justice system works it's not shuttle shades of gray it's actually black and white like everything in the, that scene is black white and some gray just for half you know depth of field so i thought that was a really nice really nice touch and the only people honestly who had colors in a way were the jury and the lawyers everybody else is predominantly in black and white which i thought was you know a good touch um but yeah this i don't i'm not a fan of this subject matter this genre this black boy legal system uh you know wrong place wrong time kind of thing i'm not a fan of it at all. I want that drama to die swiftly and as fast as possible. Um, I did like, I do a Kevin Harris. I think he's one of the, um, he's one of those, uh, Kevin Harrison, I think he's one of those big, next big up and coming black actors. Like the way he emotes and expresses himself is really powerful. Um, I kind of felt weird, like Jennifer Hudson playing his mom. I was like, Jennifer Hudson's not that that old. Like, and visually pairing her with um Jeffrey Wright, I was like, it could work, but I don't. Knowing Jennifer Hudson's age, I don't. I don't see it very well. Um, of course, Jeffrey Wright did an amazing job. Um, ASAP is getting better with his acting. I'm not gonna lie. I'm not gonna like. I mean, he's not doing anything with his music, so he might as well do something like either fashion or acting. Am I wrong? And when was the last time you heard an ASAP Rocky track? I'll wait. But 2018. No. Oh, when the movie was being made. Oh, oh, you know. But hey. So that's me. You know, this is and this is also pre John David Washington blowing up in Tenet. So he like plays a. Yeah, he plays like a bit role in this movie. So, yeah. 
don't know. I, I, I want to feel good about this movie, but I'm not the genre is mm, not. Yeah. I'm tired of the genre. And I understand why it got pushed back so long from 2018 to now, because mm. all the George Floyd, everything that's been happening in the country, there was never going to be a right time for Netflix to release this movie. So they just kind of had it shooting on, sitting on the shelves, you know? Mm. So, yeah. And I think that's why it also got mixed reviews because we've seen so many movies with that topic already. So it makes sense. Critics kind of like, another one you know so that's me on it I don't know how you feel on it um yeah I, I feel like they made this into a movie because it was a book it was like an acclaimed book before this mm-hmm. um so probably like similar to how I feel about like Concrete Cowboy it kind of just seemed like one of those books where it's like oh there's a black lead in it and it's a black story so let's make this because we need more black content mm-hmm. but more often than not that black content is about the same stuff. And it doesn't seem to be adding anything new to the conversation whenever I see these movies. Like, I guess Concrete Cowboy was kind of different because it was about cowboys and I'm sure people didn't know about that, like the black people mm-hmm. or the white people. Um, but this one was something that, yeah, we've definitely seen, ha- we've seen time and again and it just, it didn't do anything different. I thought the narration was so irritating and unneeded um even though that is how it goes in the book it seemed like they kind of just did the book beat by beat in this movie from the synopsis i read of the of the book so like what's the point of doing an adaption if you're just gonna do the exact same thing and then like do i don't know i feel like when you're adapting stuff you gotta unless it's like a property that people really really know i guess maybe this is one of them so maybe that's why they did that but if it's not a property like a Twilight or a Hunger Games or something, like where people are going to know, like, nah, they didn't do that on page 62, like, then I don't feel like you need to do beat by beat everything the same. But they did live, leave out, like, a bunch of stuff about his parents. Like, we don't see anyone else's, like, life outside of this character. Like, we don't see how it impacts anybody else. <laughs> like, you see a montage of people just looking distantly, like, oh so sad that he's in jail like yeah. it's over and then we're back to him like which is didn't make any sense to me as a good choice I'll say that were you about to say something? No I was agreeing with you like oh, yeah. the only shot where I saw of people ex- emoting him being in jail were obviously the scenes where Jennifer Hudson's there visiting him that's like one scene she visits him and then the court scene mm-hmm. then um he him, him calling his dad while his dad's walking on the road and having to compose himself for getting back in the car. You don't see his girlfriend reacting to him being in jail except for the, at the end where there you see that shot of her at the subway and the train goes by and they're feeling sad. Like those yeah. those scenes would add a lot of impact and they, and to save all those emotional scenes till the end kind of stunts it because you do want to see everybody's perspective as in jail like. And particularly, like, the person I wanted to see the most would have been his little brother. You know, especially yeah. if, especially that dialogue about black heroes and why would I be a hero when my biggest job was to be your brother. The only scene with his brother feeling sad is his brother's doodling and then he just slams his fist and then that's it. Like, those little touches are needed in this story. Like, and they were not there at all. 
We weren't there at all. And I, yeah, so that kind of dragged it down even more. I would say I did not believe that Jennifer Hudson and Jeffrey Wright were a couple. Like, I was like, why are these two people together? That looked so weird to me. And it, no. there was zero chemistry. <laughs> like, literally zero. Um, we we keep, like, switching back to, like, his life before he's incarcerated. But, like, I don't know. I just feel like I didn't really know anything about his life other than, like, he has a close relationship with his brother and he's a film student. Like, I went to see him interacting with his friends. You didn't really get to see that that much. I mean, there was, a, like, a montage of them, like, hanging out somewhere and then they were, like, he was filming them or something. But, like, him and the girlfriend, the girl who was in... um Shayla and the Spades, like they didn't even show her that much. Like I don't know, I kind of just felt like this was this. The book is from his perspective, I guess. So they really followed that. Yeah. So we're only really getting his perspective of this. But also, well, to hang on the performances for a second, um, I saw a review where someone was like, "Asar Rocky can't act." I don't know why he was in this. But I also just feel like he was playing himself, so there wasn't much that he needed to do. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I, thought, I thought it was fine. I was just like, yeah, that seems like A$AP Rocky being A$AP Rocky. Yeah. Um, I I don't know why John David was in this movie. I'm just I'm just gonna go ahead and say that because what like, was the what what was he doing that year? 2008, hold on, 18, let me see what he was working on then. That's the movie came out. So the movie before that, the year before that, he was making Black Klansman, I think. Yeah, he was doing, um... Which is and, a Spike Lee movie, which is, so you're gonna know it's gonna get some type of attention. It and, happened to get a lot. He was but, doing Love Beats and Rhymes, I think that's another Netflix, still it's not, that was RZA's movie. And he did Monsters of Men, he did Monsters, he did Black Klansman, did Old Man of the Gun. So he was doing like three, three prod, like a couple, four stuff. projects, it's five just, projects in the span of a year. His character just seemed so unnecessary for this. Like, I don't know. And then when he showed up, I was like, I don't know why you're here. It feels like you're a little too good to be in this movie. It felt like everyone was kind of too good to be in this movie, to be honest. But especially for that role, and it was just so small, and it was like he barely said anything, and. I don't know. It was kind of, it was somewhat consequential to the plot, but not really, because he was already in jail. So it's not like, <laughs> like the ramifications for his character wasn't much. So it's just, I don't know. It kind of seemed weird to me. Um, he's so good, good in the role. I just don't really seem like it. Just didn't seem that necessary for him, his that character to be in there. Also, Nas's character literally inc- inconsequential. Like he literally didn't need to be there at all. <laughs> He popped in for like two scenes and then popped right out. Like I, I looked at my screen and said, "Is that Nas?" <laughs> I mean, that's that's that. Um, you know, you're the director. You call in your music video favors. Like, hey, yo, J Hud, I directed a couple of your music videos. Come be in my movie. I've seen you act. You've been in Dream Girls and stuff. Hey, Nas, you want to do some acting? I've seen you do a couple Hennessy commercials. Yeah, hop in and like say three things. You know. Just no words for that one. Um, but my biggest gripe with this movie, one, is that it's extremely heavy-handed. There was not any type of subtlety to this film at all. None. No subtlety. They explained every single thing to you. And I'm just like, don't talk to me like I'm stupid. Like, I would just appreciate you not doing that. Thanks. Um, 
the second thing is that, and I've seen this in a lot of these um, movies where they try to cover, when they're covering like black people who get wrongly accused or whatever. And they're saying like, oh, he, he goes to a good school. You know, he's a film student. He's interested in movies. He comes from good parents and a good neighborhood. And it's just like, okay, and if he didn't, he still doesn't deserve to be in jail. Like Exactly. The, the idea that, like, there was a scene with him and Jennifer Hudson when she was like, you don't belong here. You're not like them. Made me feel so weird about the overall message of this movie, which is like, Black people just need to uplift themselves and get themselves in a good position and they'll be fine. And everyone, every Black person who doesn't do that, you're scum, basically. Like, you just deserve to just stew and, like, go to jail and to die in the streets. Like, I don't like that messaging at all. And that's what the messaging was. was like, these people belong in jail. Aesop Rocky's character and John David's character, they deserve to be, to rot in jail for the rest of their lives. Let's not talk about the socioeconomic issues. Let's not talk about systemic racism. Let's not talk about the fact that Black people are just disenfranchised in general from jump, especially if you're from neighborhoods like Harlem, which is like a very difficult neighborhood to grow up in, no matter how gentrified it's getting now. Like, it's a tough neighborhood. So let's not talk about any about, any about like, let's not talk about that at all. Let's just talk about how this kid likes film, so he's a good kid. Like, <laughs> uh, yeah, and that's that's probably one of the worst things. Like, they they place the onus on where he's from, like not understanding that yeah, the area is from it was at a time period like Harlem. Harlem now isn't Harlem like it was in the nineties. Not Harlem of the eighties. Mm-hmm. It's a totally different. Like all all these black mecca cities around the globe are slowly but surely coming gentrified let's be honest but they still carry that stick but oh you don't know his neighborhood you don't know where he was at this time and the contrast is oh he's a he's he's going into a, like a art school one of the best prestigious schools in the area and his dad is also works for an ad company so really his his upbringing doesn't reflect the so-called stereotype of the environment that you're think that you're saying because honestly for most people his experience and his dad's position and the money they have they uh, let's be honest brownstones are are expensive as hell like that was a nice ass brownstone like most cases those brownstones (laughs) like his dad has the the downstairs partner as his own office like most people turn those into other rooms and rent it out so to place the onus on where he lives and ignoring all those other auxiliary things is really poor and i understand that's when was this book written? Like the 90s, I think. So, understand the context of when the book was written. I can understand why they would say he's from Harlem in that manner, but it doesn't play off in Harlem now, if you get what I'm saying. In a way. Yeah, and also, like, they talk about Black Panther in this movie, which means that this movie was made in 2018. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's a it's a modern day um, film. Yeah. So, it's not like it's a period movie where these people, one, wouldn't understand that well, first of all, there was a lot of dumb things about this movie. Like, why would you rob a store and you know they got cameras in there? Like, that's stupid. Um, and I was like, y'all are just dumb because, come on, we need a better plan if we're going to do this. Like, you don't even know anything. You don't know the people involved. Y'all are terrible. I'm planning this. Like, don't be criminals if you don't know how to do it right, first of all. Second of all, <laughs> as a Black person in 2017, you're going to tell me that she don't know that, yeah, you're automatically looked at 
as guilty before you before any type of justice system even like thing even happens like you already know you have a target on your back a black man yeah don't look at me and tell me that isn't it innocent until proven guilty like boy you that's dumb like if you know that black panther if black panther exists in this universe they get already know that systemic racism in, is in this universe it's like thing, don't yeah. do not treat me like i am stupid like they were really trying to look at me like, you don't know what go- what's going on. So yeah. we're just going to tell you it. And then it's not even going to be right. Like, come on, y'all. I just really hated the way this movie was put together and what they were trying to say. Like, they really thought I was dumb. And, and I just I just don't understand. <laughs> like, me too. Like, okay, I'm, I'm probably going to sound bad saying what I'm thinking. But part of me, I was like, you know what? I would, it's okay, so I have an issue with both him and his classmate played by Jerome Jerome. Same age, Jerome Jerome is not arrested, even though he's involved, but he's he's arrested and he's more involved. Like, he's with prison with men, Jerome Jerome is like stuck in juvie. And you're both, you're trying to pin the, the murder on four people, but one cop to plea deal, one is in juvie, two are in a full-size male prison, and when two of them are the same age as children. That don't make yeah, any like sense. 17. Yeah, they're both seventeen. No, so it's like if one is supposed to be in Is he fifteen? Wait, is Jerome fifteen and Calvin? Well, I don't know. Because they talk about them being in class together in eighth grade. So I'm assuming they're the same age. Oh. Yeah. Oh, see then they they done messed up. Yeah. <laughs> that don't even make any sense. So and then I understand the book the book was amazing or whatever, but I also have an issue with the fact that hey um, I'm innocent. I did nothing wrong. I'm an innocent bystander, but I didn't report it to the police or say anything. Like you knew it was happening, I and mean, you sat there for like three yeah. days. And did That's nothing. what I was wondering. Like as the movie was coming to a close, I was like, "So did he do something?" Because you can't. The way they were saying it was like he was going to go to jail for like 25 years yeah. for just being the hot person, yeah. and I was like, "Is that?" I mean, I'm not a lawyer, so I don't know if that's right, but that didn't sound right to me. Because it's not like he actually committed the crime. Like, he didn't. You're, stick up he's an accessory to murder, though. That's the thing. So, But 25 that? That seems extreme. It's the legal system, and you're a black, so they're going to give you right. everything. But <laughs> right. it's, just, it's just stuff like that. Like, how are you going to sit there and try and attempt to prove your innocence when, if you were innocent, you would have went to the police? long before mm. you know that kind of thing yeah um, they don't really give an explanation to why he even did it in the first place i mean were, he was just in the movie he was just like yeah i don't know why it's like, gonna happen vis- <laughs> okay, visually well. you kind of do see that like because they take his bike meaning they're threatening him and then he looks to his left he sees drill drums kind of like oh they, these niggas watching me i can't do anything but post after that, you feel like, and you flee, and then you find out about the murder. You go, and yeah, you know. No, no, I know why he did it in that moment. I'm thinking because there's a part in the movie where he talks about, like, when him and Aesop are just starting to have conversations and stuff. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I'm not really sure why I even talked to him. Because it's not like he didn't know that he was, like, involved in that life. Yeah. But he chose, but he chose to, like, go like still talk to him still get to know him or whatever 
And so I was thinking like, yeah, like, why did you do that? And then the answer was just like, I don't know. <laughs> the answer was from him was like, I don't know. I just did it. Yeah. But like, okay, well, if you didn't care, I guess I don't need to care as an audience participant. So I didn't care. Um, yeah, this movie was just like a waste I mean, space. I, I wouldn't. Yeah. I wouldn't say it's a waste. I do like the fact that you know the movie. I like the way the movie is narrated by him as like a script note, like interior confessional. I, I, I mean, I like those little like cocky touch. I like those kind of touches to me. So cringy. Um, but yeah, the the time period in which the book was written and released to now is. Yes, black men were arrested and stuff at the same rate, but now we're exposed to it a lot more. Um, so yeah, like when it came out, this was probably eye-opening and stuff because in two thousand, you weren't hearing about you know black men being murdered at the rate by cops. I mean, the book, or the, movie? the book, like you didn't hear about you know oh. black men being murdered by cops or the issues, the poor issues in the justice system dealing with black men when you're in 2000, like, back then. So, of course, it's going to be a hard-hitting book and, you know, eye-opening. But now you flash, you fast-forward 20 years and you're you're already desensitized and overexposed to it. The emotional impact and punch that the book had, the movie doesn't have because the movie is so late, in a way. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like there's other shows, like, When They See Us or... Other things like that that did this better. Yeah. So I just can't. It, it feels very late. And that's why I feel like it's a... Because to me, it didn't really feel like this movie needed to be made. Because it didn't... It doesn't feel like it had anything to say, for real. Like, it didn't have anything anything new to say about the subject that we already know about in this time period. Maybe if they made this movie, like, right after the book came out, that would have been a better, a better time for it. Mm-hmm. But... This movie came out, even when it initially came out at Sundance in 2018, it was still just like, yeah, we know, because all of these things have been happening already, and people have had already been responding to it through films and through television. So, I just don't know. I don't know. I feel like... I it's here. It's here. It's it's on Netflix for us to see. Yeah. That's kind of how I feel about it. Honestly, our, our creatively and artistically... Like, it might seem like a a shot in the, you know, but I do feel as though for the team behind this movie, and I get it, like, I think like this too, I think for them this was attempting an easy layup, to be honest. Mm. Like, let's pick an on-the-nose topic everybody's talking about, already-made book, let's option it, turn it into a movie, and, but the dollars roll in, easy layup. And I might, I might not have felt this way in 2018 if the movie had came out then, but here we are, two, three years later. So yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, that's all I have to say about this film. Yeah. Um, what do you score it? It's there. If you want to watch it, watch it. That's it. Like, I, I, <laughs> I'm, I'm done with this genre. Like, I, I'm done with it. Like, I don't. I don't like like I I like the little you know artistic touches of illustrating the court. I like the whole narration touches. I thought uh, Kelvin Harrison did an amazing job. You know he's like he emotes really well. He's really expressive. Um, ASAP being ASAP. I mean, hey, 
But yeah, if, if you want to watch it, I'm not like it's there. It exists. It should it exist? No. It's not a bad movie, but it's not a good movie. But I'm just tired of the genre. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like a five. Yeah. Um, it wasn't the worst thing I've ever seen, so I can't give it anything lower than that. But yeah. I definitely feel like. Uh, yeah, I feel like this is a movie that has exhausted its topic. I yeah. think. Um, I think people enjoy seeing movies like this because they only see black people in one kind of way. Mm-hmm. And so they're used to seeing us in these type of situations. So it's easy, it's easy watching for people like that. And it's also easy for people who aren't black to watch this and go, well, I'm not like that, so I'm not racist. Mm-hmm. Or I'm not a part of that system. It's very easy to, to um, isolate yourself from that kind of behavior. Um, or to think, well, you know, well, I'm not a lawyer. I'm not a jury, so I don't, I don't need to think about these type of things. But um, yeah, it just it wasn't. It didn't add anything to the conversation. I was not a fan of how it was filmed. I thought the performances were okay, but not good enough to lift up this material. I think everyone did what they could with the material. Yeah. Um, I think Kelvin's amazing. He's gonna have an amazing career. He's doing. I think he's doing a movie with Baz Luhrmann right now. Like he's on fire and I can't wait to see like what else he does. I'm very excited for him and his career. He's already working with like really great people. So watch it if you want to. It's on Netflix. <laughs> yeah, he's got uh Cyrano coming out, you know. Um mm-hmm. if you've heard of Cyrano. Yeah, so but, he's supposed to be for you, but conflict. Yeah, scheduling conflicts. Um you know what? I wanna make I'm gonna make a white version of this movie where the kid actually goes to jail at the end. We don't ever see that side. So, yeah. Great. Yeah. Okay. And that's Monster. So let's head into the news. A lot of things happened. Um, first thing, NBC drops the Golden Globes. It will not be airing it next year. Yeah. Now, <laughs> I saw this today and I thought, yeah, that seems like it's right. But there's also a lot of things going on with this that... I think has has happened since the gold, not not the Golden Globes, but the Hollywood Foreign Press has released what they were going to do, like how they were going to change things because they didn't have any black members. So they brought forth a plan of how they were going to fix it. Some people came out and said, that's not good enough. Um, Major studios like Netflix and Warner Time or not Warner Time, what's it called? Yeah. Time Warner. It's it's the company that owns Warner Brothers and HBO and everything else. Yeah, Time Warner. Warner Brothers. Yeah. Um, all these different huge networks he's like we're not we're cutting our tags with you as well so then NBC just went on head and said we're canceling this show and hopefully if they get their stuff together we can do it in 2023 that was their statement basically like the changes that you need to make isn't gonna like there's not enough time for you to do it before the next show mm-hmm. so take your time and get it done right and yeah. then we'll air it again but Scarlett Johansson made some statements. Um, Tom Cruise gave back his Golden Globes because in protest of mm. what's going on here. Um, has any black person spoken out about this? I think the only person I know of is Ava Durvin. Ava Durvinay? Durvinay, yeah. Um, I don't expect black actors to speak out about this because we... Actors, I think, yeah. mm-hmm. 
I mean, I don't expect them to be out about because we all know it's an issue within the Golden Globes. Mm-hmm. Like we've heard this story, we've heard before with the LA Times article about them not allowing any black journalists among its membership. Um, the mm-hmm. issues of nepotism when certain projects with black talent didn't win, it was down to you know journalists being flown out and getting the pampered treatment on set, even though some of those movies were not as good. So I don't I don't think any black talent is going to speak out on it. Also, you still have this issue of you don't want to be blackballed in Hollywood as a black talent like you've seen so far with Ray Fisher and his stuff with Warner Brothers in D.C. So, yeah, I, I understand why any black talent would say anything. And the only way it would probably effectively work and affect the Golden Globes and the uh, Hollywood Foreign Press Association, it would have to be a major, like, it'd have to be, like, you know, Idris, Will, you know, mm. uh, Denzel, you know, Whoopi, Halle, like, are the big-name black actors to speak out. And, yeah. So. <laughs> My take on it. I feel like... I think it's interesting that a lot of these white people are coming out and saying stuff like Scarlett Johansson, like, you know, Tom Cruise. I mean, they need to PR uh, sometimes. Yeah. Because I feel like they're, I feel like they're trying to like reckon for a past of like, Oh, we probably didn't do enough <laughs> when these conversations, cause this is not like a, new thing no and it's not just the hollywood foreign press it's it's all of the awards that from them to the oscars we've been having this conversation forever and now they stepped up and said anything about it right so i think now that the climate is more conducive for us to have these conversations people are like yeah i don't like that and i'm an ally so i'm gonna say this but also trying to like mix in. I know Scott was trying to mix in like, oh, I'll also like y'all are being sexist and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh, okay, whatever. Um, yeah. I think it's very interesting that they are trying to like go hard, go hard for this because it's just like, and I also feel like if I was a black person, right? Or a black person in Hollywood, I mean, I would do, obviously I am a black person. If I was a black person in Hollywood, and I had gotten some Golden Globes in my past, right? Would I speak out about this particular issue if I had already been speaking out about it for the other, like, like if during the whole Oscars is so white situation, I had given my two cents and said, yeah, obviously this isn't right. We need more diversity in, in this industry. Mm-hmm. Would I be the one to send back my Golden Globe? No, for two reasons. One, because... When your movie is nominated for these things, even if it doesn't matter to the general public, in the industry, when you get awarded for this or even get the nomination or your movies are even involved in the conversation of awards, that makes people want to go see them. Like, if they never even heard of some of these movies, like The Father or whatever, like most people didn't even know what that was. Yeah. Now people, it's on people's radar, so they will actually go watch it. And then two, for the people who actually made the films... The people who were in lighting, who were in the art department, like, it's not like they they worked their butts off for this. Like, everyone cared about the movie for it to be good enough to be included into these conversations. So, yeah, even if an actor wins it, that's a win for the entire team. That's the win for the entire movie. And as a Black person, 
the point that you can be successful in this industry, be able to get awards and acclaims from the from your industry and for people to say, yeah, you your movie was one of the best of the year. Your performance was one of the best of the year. It's important for every other black person who sees that to be like, OK, it's tough, but I can do it, too, because they did it. Yeah. So I think the representation part of it is also hugely important. So. I think these white people are coming from a point of privilege. Like most of them already have tons of golden globes. Tom Cruise has three, like, you know what I'm saying? So it's okay if I can send it back. Cause what is it going to do to your career? You're already at the top of your game. You're already making millions of dollars for the movies that you make. So obviously you don't care what happens with the golden globes. You don't need it. Yeah. But for all the other people, the people of color, the black people, the people who are just starting out in their careers, like that stuff is important. So I don't know what I don't know. I know I know they're trying to send a signal, but I just I just think that it's interesting that they are the ones who are stomping their feet the loudest because it's not like it's affecting them in the mo- like in a big way. It's it's like this this whole reaction thing is it's like a really it's like a a scale almost like on one side you have guys like Tom Cruise like you mentioned. His career is already established. The awards he's giving back are awards he won in the nineties. Born in right. the Fourth Born in the Fourth of July. Never saw that movie. Not relevant to me. The only two I know that he won that he's turning back are Jerry Maguire and Magnolia. But right. after that point, his career is already solid. Like you're Jerry Maguire. Like you are you were Warner Brothers not, not Warner Brothers, but Universal's linchpin and redoing the whole mummy universe. You've have to the Mission Impossible franchise, you you're already established. You have Top Gun. You have like you have your have your pictures. You're set. And on the other side, and you also have Scarlet, who's known for being kind of dismissive about those issues, which she's trying to rectify like too hard now. Like, hey, exactly. I don't I don't think it matters if a black person or a Asian person does it. It's just a person who could tell the story the best and i was like no representation matters no, like you're, you're yeah. taking a, <laughs> a role for an asian character and, and yeah but on the other side you have guys like mark ruffalo like i don't think he said he's returning his golden globe but mark mm-hmm. ruffalo you know everybody mostly knows him for marvel as the hulk but he's like mark ruffalo's career for the most part has been more indie style movies which usually win these type of awards at golden globes but i'm not as negative or um, skeptical of him speaking out because Mark Ruffalo has a history of speaking about about these situations. Right, so I'm, I'm, I'm giving him like, oh, hey, that's Mark Ruffalo. Yeah, him speaking out about this makes sense. Tom Cruise and Scarlet okay. though? I'm like, nah. Like Tom yeah, Cruise. Yeah, it just, it just seems a little... Mm, like you, you got in trouble yeah. like a couple months ago for getting mad at set because people didn't follow COVID mm-hmm. protocols. Okay. Like, I might agree with him getting mad. But you're still trying to fix PR from that situation. Scarlet, and as as we said before, with her whole racial issues. So yeah, yeah. Um, but besides that, I totally agree with them canceling it. Um, I feel like, man, I don't think there's like a better time to be a black artist in Hollywood right now because it seems like there's at least some type of accountability, and people are getting some repercussions for their lack of inclusivity. Mm-hmm. Um, and I appreciate that. I appreciate the people stepping up and being like, nah, we're done. 
Like, that's actually really good. I don't think I've, I would have ever thought I would see that in my life. The Golden Globes getting canceled? Like, I didn't think I would ever see that in my whole life. So this is a really interesting moment. I feel like this is a very turning point kind of thing for the whole industry. Because now it's like, okay, yeah, I'm not safe. <laughs> so let me and hide my black people. I think LeVar Burton, like, he, he was in an interview with The View, like, last April. Mm-hmm. He summed it up perfectly. It's not a cancel culture it's a consequence culture you have a history of people getting away with being really stupid being really racist really sexist for decades for let's be honest decades it's not it's not a year it's decades almost a century of foolishness and bs and their their actions are finally catching up and their consequences to it like that's it so yeah yeah Yeah. okay what we got next um, so what? casting, you know, um, of course, you know, Dave Batista acclaimed WWE wrestler. Um, <laughs> apparently he's been cast in Knives Out too. So along with, you know, Army of the Dead, which comes out on Netflix, I think end of this month, he, now he has Knives Out to look forward. And so he teams up again with, um, yes, Doom. and he has, yeah, you're right. And he is in Doom. So, yeah. but yeah, he teams up with. Daniel Craig, who I think his first movie role was in James Bond with him. Um, I'm not, cons- I'm not, you know, either way about it. I kind of, I kind of find it funny that the two successful actors from that wrestling background aren't the white ones that are predominantly wrestling fans. Is two people of color like Batista's Filipino. And The Rock is like black and Samoan. So I kind of feel like it's funny that John Cena has been squalling with bad movies and then Batista quits and then starts getting break breakout roles. So yeah. It's, it's yeah. That's my the opinion. Rock? Right? Rock is Samoan and black. I never knew that. Yeah. <laughs> His dad is black Nova Scotian. So he's like black native and Samoan. Huh? Oh. Yeah. I said I knew he was from the Pacific Isles. I just didn't know he was also black. Yeah. More, okay. The more you know, I'm just. I know. I'm just put that rainbow right there. I'm sorry, Jesus and Mary, but the rainbow. The more you know, right there. Um. Yeah. Yeah. And. Okay. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh. Okay. Leonardo DiCaprio. Um. There was a first look today of Leonardo DiCaprio in. Pillars of the Flower Moon, directed mm-hmm. by Martin Scorsese. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I think they're filming it right now. So I wasn't expecting a first look yet. Yeah. Because um, they're in the middle of filming, but okay. This is about um, an incident that happened in like Oklahoma, I think. Yeah. I think they were like targeting indigenous people. Um. It's supposed to be about like the 1920s, like early in the FBI, like early, early, when they're trying to mm-hmm. investigate uh, serial murders among among a Native American tribe in Oklahoma. So, yeah, right. Um, um, yeah. I've been hearing a lot of news about this, but I don't really. The biggest news I've heard is that they just went to that um, to their to the people who are native there, mm-hmm. and like. I, Questions stuff. I think they were trying to make it as like inclusive as possible because if you're making a movie about these about people, like I just it just feels like the right thing to do to include them and make sure they're like 
okay with you telling their story. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was very smart and respectful of everyone involved. Yeah. Because, you know, Hollywood has a history of if you do Native movies, like way back when white people played Native roles. So, yeah. I so, like how we're, we're forward thinking now. We yeah. know we're thinking using, this, using our noodle. Yeah. And the thing is, the funny thing, though, about this movie, though, is Leo is not even the title character in it. Yeah. Yeah. There's some interesting thing about... Oh, yes, go ahead, go ahead. No, I was saying, like, that's weird for, like, a Scorsese movie. Like, Leo's not title character. Jesse Plemons is. Mm. So... Getting up there, man. Yeah. He's coming for y'all. Yeah. Um, I was was reading some things about Leo with this movie, but with also other movies, like, with Don't Look Up, which is by um, the guy who made Vice and... Mm -hmm. um, and the big short. Why mm-hmm. is I blinking on his <laughs> It's okay. Um, about how he's very, like, specific when it comes to scripts. Like, he won't do it unless he has his, like, revisions on it first. And then he'll do the movie. Which, I mean, I guess makes sense. Like, I guess you could be more selective about what you choose to do. And then... But to have, like, that type of control over the actual script... Mm-hmm. I don't know if I've heard of that in a while. I don't know. Do people do that? Or is that just like a Leo thing? Like, I like I don't think he'll do it for like a Quentin Tarantino movie. Or I, I, I'm not really sure if he did it for this movie either. But like, when it comes to other directors like Adam McKay and the like, it seems like he's very, very hands-on when it comes to... The, if he's, if he's going to take the role, then he's going to have to have some say in what the script looks like. I mean... Which is interesting. I, I agree with it. I mean, I don't agree with it. I understand it because Leo has cultivated a really strong and good filmography as an actor. Yeah, that is true. So, like, there are very few misses in his his catalog. Let's just be honest. Mm-hmm. Like, there, he, he doesn't miss. So, his, his intentionality in picking his roles and the stories he does and the story... Like people involved with it is really important to him. Like, especially considering the movies he was doing and cultivating in the project he picked, you know, and he didn't win an Oscar until recently. That means mm-hmm. he's really focused on like, yeah, if I'm doing this project, it has to be this way, this way. And you're not going to say no because it's Leonardo DiCaprio. You're like, I mean, that so is true. You're not going to say no. Because I, yeah. I mean, yeah, I just think that's interesting. Because I'm thinking of people who, like, uh, like Meryl Streep. Yeah. Who is very um, flexible and generous, actually, when it comes to the movies that she does. She's very, like, she's able to do lead roles. She's able to do supporting roles. She's able to do, like, a wide variety of of films. Some, Some that people have seen, some that people haven't. She's actually been really, like, good with, like, spreading herself around when it comes to like the movies she's chosen and she is like one of our best so if not the best yeah. at least when it comes to women when female actors so i thought that was interesting i just thought that was interesting i don't i don't say i'm, I'm not saying i disagree with it i'm just thinking like oh i think that's kind of that's interesting because he is very specific about like what he chooses to do which i guess has served him well in his career so i just thought it was Anyway, it was just a thought that was troubling through my head. Um, 
Next story we have is of Joss Whedon threatening Gal Gadot's career during Justice League. Hmm. Now, we've heard about the story before, but this is the, this story is about Gal confirming that, yes, he did say that. He did say that he was going to, like, ruin my career yeah. or something like that. Yeah. And she said she took care of it on site. So, I was like, oh, yeah, I would have messed with that girl. <laughs> She's from Israel. Like, <laughs> but... <laughs> Who does this boy Joss Whedon think he is? Like he's really walking around like his booty don't stink. My my thing is is I wish she had said something before. Mm-hmm. Being that hey, you're threatening the career of one of your lead DC Cinematic Universe actors in Wonder Woman, who you have a tentpole franchise around. Like, had she been vocal and spoke out about it, you know, when this was when Ray Fisher, it probably would have had more of an impact because, yes, we know, um, Aqua, Aquaman, hey, um, why is it? Huh? Yeah, Jason Momoa. I don't know why my mind was going blank. But yeah, Jason Momoa, he spoke out, but it doesn't hit the same because Jason Momoa's career is like, Oh, Game of Thrones, Aquaman, it's kind of all over the place, so it's like whatever. But for Gal Gadot is like Wonder Woman, that's her. Like, that's Gal Gadot. Like, you know, so if had she spoken out earlier, I think it would have had more of an impact. Cause Ray's like from last year, Ray's been blackballed by Warner Bros. in DC. He hasn't gotten any other roles. You know, he's been written out of the um the Flash movie. You know, they've released the title. They've shown they're doing Supergirl. Michael Keaton's in it. They said, hey, Ray, you're not in the movie anymore, even though he was going to be featured in the movie. And now she speaks out about it m- months after. You know, it's kind of disingenuous. Especially, like, I feel like in Hollywood, I feel like there should be more unity between those oppressed and marginalized groups. And when I say that, I mean, of course, you have your white men at the top, but then black women, black men, uh, women, and other actors of color. Like, that whole circle, like, we should all be, like, unified and coalescing and working together, and Gal's just like, yeah, I'm gonna sit on this until Israeli news interviews me, and I'm gonna say something, you know? Yeah. It was like... I, I, I don't know if I can speak to her motivations of why she didn't say anything or sooner. Yeah. But it's. I think the thing is that the story was already out there. It's just that she just confirmed it. Yeah. So it's not like we didn't already know. Yeah. It's just that she, yeah, it did happen. Yeah. And I, I think that's the thing about Hollywood is that like you really, it feels like you really can't make like a wrong move or else your career is done. And then when your career is done, it's like you don't have like a backup plan. Like there's nothing else that you can do. Yeah. Or you think that you can do. Um, especially when you're used to having like a certain lifestyle, you got kids and stuff. Like, I, I think that you have to think like three times before you make any type of statement that might jeopardize your job. Yeah. And I don't know if that's the reason why she didn't confirm it earlier. I'm not sure. I don't want to, like I said, I'm not trying to speak to her motivations, but I'm just saying like, it, it's, I'm sure it's complicated for everybody involved, especially everybody who worked, who was on Justice League. Like, I think everyone wanted to be supportive to Ray, but then it's like, okay, at what point is my, my does my support cross into, okay, I might not have a job if I say this. Yeah. 
don't know. So and I, I'm just thinking there's other things involved in sure. Yeah. It came to. And I, I think that's why Jason Momoa spoke out about it because he's like, 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 like for I think for him, he's that person who's acting is not his end all be all. So like, yeah, I'm gonna speak out about it and I'm gonna pick his side. Yeah, just, you know, like, it's been there, like, like, it's like whatever. Like, I can mm-hmm. I can chill with you know my family, you know. So yeah, and I so piggybacking backing off of that though. Mm-hmm. Um, all this news has come out also while Warner Brothers is also planning to do. A black Superman movie, which, right. which is stupid because there is already a black Superman in the DC Comics universe called Calvin Ellis. I know he's not in the main DC universe, but you know, comic books work on multiple storylines and multiverses, and we've explained that DC has it, Marvel has it. So there's no reason to go specifically and say, "Hey, we're going to make a black Superman" when there already is a black Superman. Um. Somebody on Twitter, like they they reasoned it as um, it's like if Marvel has Miles Morales, who is you know the black black right. Puerto Rican Spider Man, and decided, hey, let's just make Peter Parker black. And I was like, honestly, it's worse than that. It's more so the issue that this is DC's attempt to sweep all that Ray Fisher stuff under the rug, mm. and you know and avoid reaction from people like Josh Whedon, Walter Hamada, who is, I think, in charge of of their film division, John Berg, and Jeff Johns. It's like, they're kind of like, we're just going to sidestep that racial issue and then make a Black Superman movie, even though, like, people have, there's a a pantheon of Black superheroes within DC's universe that they could always bring to the forefront. One that, as a comic book fan and as a Black person, you always hear is Static Shock. But, and the issue with Static is, is there's two two sides to it when dc does do static shock comics and everybody says oh i love the show where's static shock dc will put out a static shock comic static shock will run for like three four months and then fall off because the readership isn't there like will like black like i'm saying this is a black combo fan I'm like they will champion and cry hey where is our representation where's the guy he's like okay fine you guys want it we'll do it but then you don't support it so i think in order to avoid that whole static shock issue the route DC could have went is just to do like Green Lantern and call it a day because there was negative reaction about they plant this like basic I want to say Chad but Chad you know cookie cutter white boy to be a Green Lantern in the show when we've already seen behind the scene footage from Zack Snyder that yeah he shot uh, Green Lantern scenes for Jon Stewart the black Green Lantern that didn't make it to the movie like fans have already seen, and and Zach is aware that fans want it, black people want it, and we've already seen. Oh, it's possible. Just give us what we want, and we'd be satisfied. And mm-hmm. DC is like, nah, we're not gonna do that. So that's my take on it. As comic book fan, you know, movie fan, black person mm-hmm. in that whole issue thing. So, um, yeah, I mean, kind of of the mind of like, if you can make it work, then sure, go for it. Yeah. Um. As we know, Warner Brothers is that girl, so there's always going to be a bunch of issues with anything they do, I'm sure. Yeah. So, this is... They're trying to get a black director to do it as well. I mean, it's so weird, because it's like, that's how I feel like Hollywood is at the moment. Everyone's just trying to, like, 
like re like retrospect their entire all the, the mistakes that they made in the past and just try to like hurry up and like make it make it better real quick like, like, yeah yeah it's so it's because it, it's weird because it doesn't feel genuine it doesn't feel like you actually care about these things it just feels like the heat's on so now you gotta move like you gotta do something so i don't know um the last story is about um, Prince Harry. Prince Harry and Oprah Winfrey are doing a mental health docuseries on Apple Plus. Series? Mm. Apple. Yeah. <laughs> Apple. God. I think I'm having a stroke. Apple TV. Um, mental series on Apple TV. Yeah. No, I said docuseries really weird. I was like, docuseries. Like, <laughs> don't just punch me in my face. Okay, yeah. Um, so... This makes more sense because after the whole Oprah Winfrey interview that she had with them, um, yeah, it makes sense that they're doing this deal yeah. and they're going to do it together. Yeah. Um, I might watch it. They, I think Lady Gaga is going to be on it or something like that. So I'm probably going to watch like an episode, but yeah, um, I, I don't know. Oprah does stuff about like actual people's health. It always makes me a little sketchy because she like supports Dr. Oz and all the people who are not professionals. Like they are, they're, that's why I'm just like, mm, I don't know if I want you talking about this. Maybe if we can get some actual mental health, you know, professionals in on this, maybe that hopefully that's how the show will be formatted. I'm not sure, but I don't want her talking about it. Cause she, she a little suspect to me. So I'm not really sure. I mean, based on the, the shots they've done of it is basically just an interview kind of thing um it's not like it's eliana fix my life kind of stuff which that'd be a train wreck you know uh, you know hopefully hopefully our favorite non-psychologist psychologist dr phil didn't show up but i'm i'm interested in it um lady gaga's gonna be in it glenn close is gonna be in it um demar demar de gonna be in it you know i'm i'm okay and I, i probably think this was the impetus for that interview they had? Yeah, there were some um, deals being uh, yeah. talked about. So about, you know, you can do it. By yeah. the way, I need to apply for that. Yeah, and dang, it's been two months since that interview. It feels like it was still yesterday, to be honest. Yeah, it made that much of an impact. So, yeah, <laughs> time is time is like run like. I don't know if you've like watched The Good Place, but it's not running linearly anymore. It's just just going yeah. like all over the place now since the pandemic. Mm. But yeah, I'm probably gonna be in it. I don't have Apple TV, so look a friend up. Um, I'm it's amazing. Do I have a pass? Look, I have every streaming platform except Apple TV, and then some nights I'm bored, like there's nothing to watch, which makes no sense. Yeah, that actually. <laughs> Like, I was like, I have all of them. Like, I am bored. I can't find anything. But yeah, it's coming out yeah. May 21st. So I'm well watching. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, lastly, well, second to lastly, um, some trailers dropped. Mm-hmm. Um, A Quiet Place 2 dropped. Venom, um, something for Carnage. I forgot the last one, the full title of that one. That's coming out. And also, I saw A Green Knight. But I didn't see a new trailer for it, so I just rewatched the old one. Yeah, so. I mean, 
I, I don't have a reaction to any of the trailers except for Green Knight because that's the movie I've been waiting the longest to show. Like, you, for doing is you, Green Knight is me. Like, when I heard Green Knight before the pandemic, wow. I was like, Dev Patel, yes, give me more, you know, and then it ain't happened. So, I'm not, I don't know how to feel about Quiet Place 2 because I didn't watch the first one. The second one looks good. I'm actually really excited to see it. And I'm um, actually going to go to the theaters and watch it too. So. You know, and then Venom, I don't really care because I don't really. Com- I don't feel like comic book movies you really need to watch a trailer for, to be honest. Like, just go. That's a good point. Just, just go. So, yeah. But I, I, yeah. Do, I do think what I've seen so far of it, Woody Harrelson is the villain. He looks kind of creepy in it. So, we'll see. Mm-hmm. I didn't see the first one, so I'm um, probably not going to see this one either. <laughs> Same. I didn't see it, so yeah. Yeah. Okay, so what do we watch? The ladies first. Oh, okay. Oh. Um, I watched two things. I watched, um, there's a docuseries on HBO called First Ladies, which is about all of the first ladies of the United States. Well, not all of them, but just the really important ones, <laughs> the good ones. I didn't watch the Nancy Reagan one because I don't support that whole administration. So... Um, but the longest one was about Michelle Obama, who I love. She's one of my greatest inspirations. I'm listening to Beyond on audiobook right now. So that was really good. Um, I felt really emotional while watching all of them, even like the Hillary Clinton ones. Like she did a lot of work. <laughs> I don't know. It's weird because it's like when you look back at people, at people's histories, especially when it comes to like politicians and presidents, you see it kind of through a vacuum. Unless you're living through it. So, like, even even during the Obama administration, I, I already knew how I felt about their administration, administration. Like, I was cool with it. But just seeing all, like, just seeing all the work that they did without their husbands, like, on their own as first ladies, like, that was very inspirational to me. And I felt very teary-eyed every time I watched the next episode. I was like, oh, my gosh, these women are so inspiring. Like, can't wait to make a difference in this world, blah, blah, blah. So... All the cheesy things. So, yeah, that was really good. Um, and then I watched Training Day, which I had never seen before. Really? Um, yeah, I had never seen that movie before. I thought I did, but it turned out I didn't. I just knew, like, my nigga. Like, that's the only, like, thing I knew from it. The gifts. <laughs> yeah, so I watched it, and it was not what I was expecting. Um, yeah, it was not what I was expecting. I was... Um, Denzel Washington's character is truly horrible. He is a piece of garbage in that movie, and I was very happy when he died. And I also couldn't believe like that was the movie that he won an Oscar for either. I don't know. I just had so many questions in my head after I finished watching it because I was like, I thought it was just going to be like a hard bitten, like old timey detective and his new rookie detective, and that and just like showing him the ropes or whatever, but. He was truly awful and just corrupt. And so I I was not expecting that portion of it. But he did look good in that movie. I'll say that. Yeah, like, I'm guessing... <laughs> it, was, it was a good movie. It's just like, I wasn't expecting... I just wasn't expecting that. Uh, you were kind of what expecting, what, seven? Yes. <laughs> That's what I was expecting. Uh, <laughs> a little bit of that, yeah. It was definitely like... It has the same vibes. It's funny because he actually was going to get that. He's going he's gonna to be that role. He's going to be the Morgan Freeman role in mm. that movie. 
But then he said he thought it was too demonic, so he didn't do it. And then he like really regretted the fact that he didn't do seven because it did so well. I thought that was kind of funny. Yeah. But anyway. Um. Yeah. No. Like I can't believe that's the first movie saw Training Day. Wow. Like that movie yeah. started the whole Denzel plays bad guys to win awards thing. I mean, come on. Really? Yeah. For the most part, think of all this Denzel's recently good movies where he's played bad guys to a degree. Flight. Training day. Yeah, but like the movies that he had done before that, that he he won for Malcolm X, I think. Yeah, I think he won for Malcolm. But other than like, I'm talking more recently. Yeah. But like, I guess you're right. This was like the start of yeah. playing those. That's how I know him. Yeah. <laughs> how, I know him from like Man on Fire and like stuff like that. So I didn't. I didn't. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think the first Denzel movie I saw, other than. Malcolm X, like the Gary Bodies watches Malcolm X, was I think Bone Collector with him and Angelina Jolie, but whatever. Um, really? Yeah. I didn't, yeah. There's I, a lot of movies that I haven't seen from actually. Um, like, I haven't seen The Pelican Brief. What's that about? I don't know. It's on Netflix, though, so I might watch it. <laughs> I still haven't seen John Q yet. I haven't seen that either. So, you know, nay. People don't get mad at Not, me. Maybe, maybe I'll watch, I may, I'll watch it and then you know um what uh for me um i watched the marvel game documentary on cnn um i enjoyed it very much you know it kind of um exposed because that that what's going on album is very like they discuss the timeless of it the timelessness of it i don't know if that's a word or not and also what he was going through in his life during it like for interviews from um Smokey Stevie like people from Motown who were alive who grew up with him even people who were session musicians and stuff like that all talking mm-hmm. about it um yeah that album is still very culturally relevant I know they made a joke about it in the Marvel movies and with Falcon and in Winter Soldier like the actual movie Winter Soldier where he's like this teaches you about the 70s and 80s are done and then they kind of redo it again with Zemo talking about it sums up the black experience like that kind of thing but it does like it really does um and I also watched a series called Jupiter Ascending or Legacy you watched yeah. watch the series huh? I watched the series you, you know you're thinking the Jupiter movie with you know um Tanning Chatham right. and Millie Caduce I yeah, know this is like a Netflix series called it's about superheroes um it was bad (laughs) like really bad it like it 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 makes an attempt to say a lot of stuff and it misses the mark at everything it wants to say um working on a video for that so hopefully i'll be done with that but um yeah those are two major things that i've watched this week or this weekend yeah this weekend okay Yep. So that's all from us this week. Um, we hope that you guys stay safe and we hope you enjoyed this episode. And we will see you guys next week. Bye. Au revoir. Bye.